As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this one's for you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, Matasha Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. hey hey yo. And over yonder, the man making the magic happen, super producer, J.D. Hello. There he is. And here we are, shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Smash that like button, subscribe, comment away, podcast listeners, Leave us a five-star rating and review. And hey, get your comments and questions in across all of our social media platforms because you never know when the boys are going to step on the beach. Not today, (laughs) but maybe tomorrow. So get your questions in, comments about the NBA, non-NBA questions. You can leave them in the YouTube comments. You can tweet them in at NoDunksInc. Hit us up on Instagram, TikTok. Can you do it on TikTok? You can probably sure. send us a question somehow on TikTok. I'm not checking that often. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> so don't do it on TikTok. I also don't know how we would get it from TikTok <laughs> to the show. That part is confusing, but manually, we can figure it out. I would love to see a video it. message, though, from somebody. You know, Ooh. roll it in. Oh, I like love we're a getting a call from, <laughs> from the world out there. No dunks at theathletic.com. You can Huge. easily be cool. email in yeah. a video mm-hmm. message. Keep it short. Keep it tight. No, don't ramble on. Yeah. Don't be a skeezy about it. And let us know on another platform that you did one on another platform. Because sometimes <laughs> I get direct videos on Instagram and I just don't oh, check baby. them every 24 hours. Then I go to that direct message. Poof, it's gone. Yeah. There it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do it really well. And, and you were asking him after the show yesterday, hey, are you on threads? Yeah. <laughs> thread it. You want to thread it Everybody in? Everybody thread, thread it. The I'll needle. get it. Don't TikTok us. Thread it. All right. We'll probably hit the beach tomorrow is the whole point of that. All right? So get your questions in. Uh, We have a lot of fun later in this show. We're going to do fill in the blank when it comes to, like, trade rumors and trade talk and who should be buyers and sellers at the trade deadline. But some good games on last night. Um, Some blowouts as well. But the big one that everybody's talking about here, I hope it's leading all of those – you know, sports debate shows, it should be, is SGA scoring 36 points as the Thunder top the league-leading Celtics for their fifth straight win. And it does feel, to put myself in the producer role of those sports debate shows, Trey Kirby, two questions coming out of this. <laughs> is OKC the best team in the league right now? And possibly, where is SGA on the MVP rankings. How high does he go? Because mm. uh, this is a really, really fun game. Great win. We watched it on playback. But what do you think to those? Uh, you know, to those two questions, really. I think the Thunder are good. Okay, I'll say that. That's not a hot take. <laughs> I'll say that. Also, Skeets. I think Shea Gilgis Alexander is pretty good. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Coming with all heaters today. <laughs> uh, the question is, are the Thunder title contenders? And to that, I say, put them in that tier, at the very bottom of that tier, because we got to see something. Yeah. They haven't won a playoff series together yeah but they're still one of the best teams in the league they're top five on both sides of the ball they've got an MVP candidate in Shea Gilgis Alexander who is in the early part of the prime of his career and has a game that will seemingly translate well to the biggest moments in the playoffs he's good at getting to the line for the most part 
Though even if the grifting doesn't come through, he's great in the mid-range. Got to make contested mid-range jumpers uh, in the playoff, and Shea has definitely got that. I saw that he's uh, now up to third on Basketball References MVP tracker. So I think at worst, he's third in the MVP rankings right now. It's hard for him, I think, at this point to jump Joel Embiid, who had a 30-point triple-double in three quarters <laughs> last night, and also Nikola Jokic, who has missed three shots in the past week. The guy's putting up great numbers as well. Shea, obviously, is the MVP uh, for this Thunder team, and he looked like it last night. So I think with the way he's playing, uh, he's got to be an MVP candidate. And I think with the way the Thunder are playing, you at least got to put him in the upper echelon of teams in the NBA. you agree with that? They belong in that contender status. I do think... With their net differential being the highest in the Western Conference, you look at them and you say, well, they're the best team in the West. But those other teams have been in the postseason, I think are saving it a little bit for the postseason. But OKC is just doing it each and every game. So it makes them a contender. Sure. Yeah, Yeah, we just got to see them there. And the reason why I say they're that good in the regular season, because they perform on both ends. And when you watch this team and you think, okay, well, shake and go off for 35 or or whatever. But because they are top five in offense and defense, every guy contributes. Mm -hmm. Every single guy in every single way. That's what makes it fun. Watching Chet Holmgren last night block Jason Tatum twice, that was awesome. Then he blocked Kristaps Porzingis in a standing position. He didn't jump. He's he's pretty smart in that he doesn't jump everywhere and that he can box out everywhere. They're just smart on both sides. You got Cason Wallace coming in. He's a six, three guard, but he'll grab you that offensive rebound. Like he did last night. Then he'll foul Jason Tatum at the end of the first quarter. When Mark Dignall said, you know what? I'm going to challenge that. And I like that. They're fighting for their coach as well. I think the rest of the <laughs> that almost came quarters, back to bite them in the ass a couple times. There a late. little bit. Yeah, sure. But everybody's fighting. Kenrich Williams yeah. got a nickname called Kenny hustle. I don't know about that. But uh, anyways, everybody was hitting threes in this game. They, they could do it on both ends. Every single guy, every single guy. And obviously offensively. I mean, I think they got a little lucky in this game with everybody just splashing. They're literally just splashing. Giddy hit four. Chet hit three. Shea hit three, tying his season high. He's shooting the, the three a little bit more this year than last year. Uh, J-Dub hit a couple, hit that big shot from the middle of the lane. Uh, so, yeah, put him in the status. Put him in that conversation. I don't I don't see what's wrong with that. When you can, when you see basically one through nine, one through ten, they all are good. Every single one of them. We can go through the entire roster. Yeah, and this just isn't one big statement win over the Celtics last night. You go, over the past two weeks, SGA's Thunder have beaten... Jokic's Nuggets twice in Denver, once SGA with the game winner, the second game with the 40-burger. So that could maybe have some people bumping SGA ahead of Jokic in an MVP rankings right now, but I'm with you. It's probably Embiid, Jokic, and then SGA. And then OKC beat the Wolves the day after Christmas, and then obviously the Celtics there on Tuesday night. So you look at that, zoom out. The Thunder just went 4-0 versus the defending champs and the top seeds in either conference. So this is a hell of a run they're on, and you're right. It was SGA, but it was Holmgren chipping in. It was Giddy with his most, you know, explosive offensive game of the season. Season high 23 points. This is a guy that doesn't, you know, usually go for those type of numbers. And uh, they held on in the end because it was a fun <laughs> sequence at the end. Derek White hit that moonshot three-pointer in the corner with about 40 seconds to go. That cut the lead to two. But then you said it there, Tass. J-Dub. He responded with a grown-ass take against Tatum. TK and I on playback were going nuts. Like, Tatum's a big dude, and he just sort of put his shoulder into him. He bounced back a little bit and hit that little sort of jumper floater there in the lane. That's great his spot. answer. That's where he hits shots from. He, I mean, he didn't even have J-Dub a great game, but he sort of stepped up in the fourth quarter when it, when it got close. And then Porzingis hit that, you know, I was going to say three <laughs> in the left corner with about four seconds to go, but it was called a two. The official was all over that one, man. He was like, that's a two, that's a two, that's a two. He was like, just like make, going nuts about it. <laughs> Let me go they, prove it. Yeah, and then they looked at it. It didn't take long because he was on the line. It wasn't a LeBron situation no, here. No, uh, <laughs> They got that one right. But mm-hmm. a good uh, entertaining ending because OKC looked like they were going to run away with this one. They, they were up 18 points with like, I don't know, about eight minutes or so to go. And Boston, because they're so good, got back into this game. I just couldn't believe the offensive execution from both teams. These are good defensive teams. Like, they switch a lot. They got a lot of great guys that can play you one-on-one. They're obviously talking out there. And it didn't matter on this night. Like, 33 and 34 assists for Boston and OKC, respectively, in this game. And if you watch it, you're like, holy crap, yeah, they're good. They share the ball, man, and these guys can score. It was fun. Fun, fun. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, But I'm with Tass. I do think uh, the Thunder... 
Like, this was a great game for the Thunder to get four threes from Giddy, who was shooting wide-open shots every single time. He's only hit four threes twice so far this season. Shea, like you're saying, hit three. He's only hit three threes in a game three times this season. The Thunder ended up hitting 18. That was the eighth time this season they've hit that many. It was kind of a fluky night shooting-wise for the Thunder, but that was also the game plan for the Celtics. Like, they were happy to let Giddy shoot. They were happy to go under screens from Shea and let him pop threes, but... The Thunder made him pay, which I thought was huge. And then Chet, I thought, was awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. This guy has got the clutch gene already yeah. in year 1.5, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he made two big threes uh, late in the fourth quarter. I think probably only one of them goes down as a clutch shot because it was like a six-point game when he made it. Nonetheless, so far this season, Chet is 57% from the field and 44% from three in clutch situations. And they've played quite a few of them. He obviously had that big shot against the Warriors uh, earlier this season. And then... Uh, yeah, that take by Jalen Williams, that was really nice, especially on Tatum, because Tatum locked down Shea Gilgis-Alexander in the fourth quarter. No made shots for Shea in the fourth, got to the line, made three free throws, uh, and some of those were including, like, foul situations right at the end, but that's why Jalen Williams started taking over, and then on that last shot, Tatum was out on Williams, and he just bumped him out of the way. Those are two guy, two big wings uh, yeah. at this point. That was a really, really uh, impressive shot, but yeah, we got to just bind Chris Depps Porzingis' feet. These toes, man. <laughs> These toes are getting in the way. He said he was nervous shooting it from the corner. He's like, when I shoot, I take a big step with my right foot. Took a big step with his right foot, and it was right there. That's right. He was behind the line yeah. when he got the ball, and if he had just gone straight up, I mean, it's a three-pointer, but yeah, he takes that one step forward, and he's clearly on the line. We were debating last night if there's a way for guys to start painting their shoes to make it look like the court. <laughs> so it looks like they're always behind the line. So painted brown. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> brown beige. shoes. Who had the brown shoes? Jamal Murray Jamal, at one Jamal Murray wore brown shoes, yeah. <laughs> anyway, try, balance, you got to try to get creative here to uh, trick mm. the referees when you're on the line. But, yeah, he was well over it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I love how Chris Stapps, even though he wasn't going to guard Chet Holmgren at the three-point line every single possession, Chet would just step into threes. Uh, um, uh, the, the thing about OKC and why you can put them in the contender status is because they're so confident on every possession. Mm-hmm. Like, Chet... Gets the three-point shot with 18, 19 left on the shot clock. You'd think, okay, let's let's rotate the ball a little bit. But he just stepped into every single three he took early in the possession, and it looked so good. And J-Dub, Jalen Williams, didn't look amazing throughout the game. No. But that is his home just inside the free throw line. So that's how confident they are, fourth quarter, uh, to be doing it like that. And then, you know, the other Jalen Williams obviously hitting shots too. So everybody – Everybody's splashing. Uh, and, yeah, the Celtics, this this was the difference. They both took 43s last night, each team. One hit 18, one hit 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both damn good. And so you're playing at OKC. They won the game. Um, going to Boston, that would probably have home court advantage. They'd probably win that game. But, it's yeah, it's just... It's just a damn good team. It'll be Period. a fun, fun finals matchup if it somehow happens, you know, this year or moving forward. Uh, the other reason Celtics lost is Jalen Brown was garbage. 4 of 18. Right. 0 of 8 from 3. Now, he did score in the fourth quarter. He sort of was doing sort of what uh, J-Dub did there for OKC, but he had uh, some brutal turnovers as well. It was just a really bad Jalen Brown game. Not a good and, one. and then Drew Holiday, too, um, to the point where he wasn't even out there for the final five minutes. Um, Joe Mazzulla sort of going away from him. So despite their two starters playing poorly, they've still almost pulled this off with the way Porzingis played, especially in the first half, and then Tatum as a superstar he is for for Boston. Um, Other funny note from this game. Did you guys catch uh, Jalen Williams, the big Jalen Williams, and Trey Mann, I believe it was, with a very weird two-man clap on the bench. It was late in the game, and you could see them here in the background um, doing, and they'll commit to it here, yes, as they double clap. <laughs> one man on top and one man on the bottom there. <laughs> and I don't know if they practiced this before or if it happened just uh, naturally there. I um, think they were freestyling funny. in the forest because I think what happened was perhaps it was Giddy got subbed out. Trey Mann yes. is asking yep. for the high five, but uh, no court awareness. Didn't yeah. see it. So Jalen Williams had to go in, just gave him a couple slaps to start, but then they're like, this is kind of funny. <laughs> Let's they, really go for it. tried to go yeah. for it. Good stuff. Anything else from the Thunder Celtics? Well, yeah, you guys were on playback for the group watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a little too tired to join, but I was even getting excited watching this game because, number one, it was just great. But every close-up on the fans in that arena in OKC, 
you could see, first of all they're just jumping up but oh, they're yeah, also, it play playoff like atmosphere for it sure was. yeah uh, but they're also screaming let's go <laughs> every player every, every guy at least <laughs> yeah every guy didn't matter the age even if you're 50 60 i saw a dad <laughs> with his son i think yelling let's go and that's got me saying it. I didn't say it for a long time, but I'm in it. <laughs> you I'm held off it. saying let's go? Yeah, until <laughs> wow, last moment. night. Until now. And wow. I was a little too tired. Yeah, I'm, that's what people say all the time. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm in. They We were we were joking <laughs> that there every shot of the crowd in OKC was a bearded man screaming let's go mm-hmm. or going ah, like that. Like They have so many bearded dudes in OKC <laughs> that are pumped and they were into it. And how can you blame them? Because they got the win there. They switched to it. They switched to it, which is nice. Sometimes you don't get good fan shots. Oh, yeah. They, they do were, it a lot. They were committed. They were yeah. committed there on OKC. Okay, let's move over to uh, Joel Embiid. He returned to action, uh, picked up his seventh career triple-double in the 76ers demolishing of the Chicago Bulls. The revenge here for Embiid and the Sixers. <laughs> uh, 31 points, 15 boards, 10 assists, and you said it already, Trey, through three quarters. <laughs> and he's probably still your MVP uh, front runner here. Though he's missed how many games? You got to play. He's a few right now. Yeah, he's, like, yeah. he's, he's missed. Still good. He's still good. Like he's still yeah, good, he's still but under. you know, one or two injuries, and yeah. then it gets a little dicey. But anyway, uh, any notes from this one, which was over after the first quarter when it was 43-18? Yeah, this one was Joel Ver. By the time I turned it on, it was 25-8. to 8. I was like, well, good game. 31-point lead at halftime, like you're saying, Skeets. I know the Bulls missed their first 13 threes. Ooh. They finished 2 for 19 in the first half. Meanwhile, Philadelphia shot 10 for 20 from 3 in the first half. So, yes, Embiid was dominating, but also all the role players were hitting threes. Yeah. And, you know, shout-out to Embiid. I thought he played a really smart game. Drummond was not able to handle uh, Embiid one-on-one despite the bulk. So a lot of double teams and Embiid was just finding guys out of the double teams and they were hitting the shots to make the Bulls pay. So uh, exactly what you want to see from Joel Embiid returning from a little bit of an absence. I think he hadn't played in like 11 days or something like that. Didn't look rusty, but he did look sweaty. At one point, they had to like call in uh, a towel. They're like, give him a towel and we need one on the floor. Because he was just like bent over at the free throw line. Dripping sweat, pouring sweat. Uh, Complete Ewing mode for this guy. And then there was another clip of him just snacking on a Jolly Rancher mid-game. Snacking on a Jolly Rancher. Like unrolling it, throwing it off to the side. Uh, He was a Sour apple in my candy bowl last night, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I was thinking that he had a Jolly Rancher while he was playing basketball. <laughs> I thought, is that dangerous? You know, that's That was like a hard wow. square. Could choke you, on you that. You're going to choke sure, on that? Sure, yeah, sure. sure. Uh, also, I think players sweat the most the game after New Year's. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so do I. It, need, <laughs> it needs to be measured, but... Somebody, you know, John Schumann, our man. Let's go to the stats. Oh, wow. A hundred percent. You want 100%. like uh, almost like bucket collection of sweat? We got to weigh it or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's that job? Yeah, like a rail, like a rain barrel, like something, you know, to indicate how much. I don't oh. mind it. Like uh, in F1, they do the race and then they have to weigh in That's afterwards right. to see, to make sure they didn't lose too much weight. Oh, wow. They should do this in the NBA. Yeah. And yeah, not, not only night. after New Year's, but like Trey said, Embiid was off for you know, 10, 11 oh, yeah. days here over the holiday break. He's going to be sweating hardcore when he Big plays time. that game last night. But he only had to play three quarters. Statitudes noted today that over his last 25 games, okay, that's a pretty good sample size there. Embiid is averaging 35.2 points per game, 12 boards, and 6.2 assists, shooting 54% from the field and a cool 90% from the free throw line. He's just the fourth player in NBA history to average 35 points per game, 10 boards, and 5 assists over a 25-game span. Oscar Robertson, Wilt Chamberlain, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and now Embiid. That really does put into perspective just the monster numbers this guy is putting up this year. You want another stat? Sure. (laughs) I saw that this was Embiid's 14th straight 30.10 rebound game. Jesus. Only one other player has had as many as 15. It's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He had 16 straight games of 30 points and at least 10 rebounds. Next two games for Embiid, the Knicks, they've got some size. So, I mean, maybe the rebounding would be a problem, or if he gets into foul trouble, and then after that, it's the Jazz, which is a guaranteed 30 points and 10 rebounds. (laughs) Um, So, we might be seeing some Kareem records fall. Yes, yes, indeed. And uh, just back to the three-point shooting there for your Bulls. Uh, 7-36 last night, you said they missed their first 13. I was looking at it, because we were talking about it on playback. The game before that for the Bulls, 7-25 from three, though they won. 
against the Embiidless Sixers. Game before that, in a loss to the Pacers, 7-27 from deep. Game before that, in a win over the Hawks, 7-25. Trey Kirby in attendance, I do believe, for that game. Game before that, in a loss to the Cavs, 8-35. Game before that, in a win <laughs> versus the Spurs, 7-28. you got to go all the way back to December 20th for a game in which the Bulls hit over 10 three-pointers. We regularly see teams hit <laughs> 10 three-pointers in, like, you know, 25 minutes of action. Uh, Sixers did it last night in the first half. Yeah, right. So, you know, like... 7 to 36, 7 to 25, 7 to 27, 7 to 25, 8 to 35, 7 to 28. Now, some of those they win. That's the crazy part. Um, but, wow. I know we're going to get to talking trades here later. I wonder if there's any trades that involve the Bulls maybe getting some three-point shooting to help them out. <laughs> you tell me the Bulls are buyers? <laughs> B-A-B? Bulls well, are buyers? It could be sellers with some guys, but I think they should get some three-point shooting because Kobe White has gone ice cold. Three for his last 31 in the last five games, <laughs> yeah. Skeets. Yeah. Uh, not great for the all-star push. No, or or really MIP as yeah, well there, but okay. Yeah. Well, Zach Levine may be coming back very, very soon to help out on the three-point shooting, uh, but Caruso doesn't do that kind of thing, but he had a beautiful pass through Joe Embiid's legs in this one. <laughs> that was nice. Also trying to take a charge on Embiid down 29. Jeez, I mean, you gotta, re- that's how you do <laughs> you gotta respect that. I mean, you gotta respect it. Jesus. I know we <laughs> were questioning it. What are you doing? Um, uh, we went through all the Joel Embiid stats. Fantastic stuff. 32, 15, and 10 in this one. Although the 10th assist was a rebound, and then he led Tobias Harris with a pass to midcourt, which is a nice pass. Like, he led him, and then Tobias Harris dribble, dribble, dribble. He does a Euro step and scores, and that's his 10th assist. No, cop, I, cop, I, I cop, think they cop. took that one away, and then he got another one. Really? Yes, because they were going nuts on the broadcast about ah. that being his uh, – the one you're saying, they did first say it was an assist, mm. and then I think that one got a uh, that one got removed. I don't know about that. I saw like, it on the dot well, because com he had, because today. he had an assist the after NBA.com, did he? Yeah. So one of them got removed. Well, here we go. Because he doesn't have an eleven assist. Here we go. Yeah. Click, well, we'll have to click. do a deep dive. On I'm going That's this is easy to find out. Okay. So here we go. Here we go. Things. He's looking at it. He's got the the box score <laughs> video. The last one says Harris one foot running duck and. Running play, duck. play. That, that was like that's a running no, duck. That was the no look. Yeah, that wasn't the fast break one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, uh, here we go. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's you're an right. assist. That's a quality assist. So oh, I think they took yeah, away that one assist. you were getting up. You were getting upset about, and so was the well, broadcast. It wasn't a assist. It wasn't an assist, but they gave yeah. him an assist. Okay, well, yeah. that's good. Good. Here we go. By everybody. Good job, Silver. <laughs> but hold on, NBA.com <laughs> and their stories. You know, they look. They have their Instagram stories. Mm, yeah, well, they look like Instagram stories, but they're just stories. Yeah. Well, that's still their tenth assist. So let's change it up. I Take know, it off. I know. <laughs> anyway, who cares? <laughs> moving on. Uh, moving on. Uh, hey, get this guy on the Bulls. He can hit some three-pointers. Steph Curry scored 36 points. Is that a rumor? That's a rumor I'm starting right now. Bulls wow. are interested in Steph okay, Curry. Okay, okay. I don't know if I would give up Levine, but it's a tough call. <laughs> Maybe if the Warriors throw in a pick or two. Uh, Curry scored 36 points to lead the Warriors past the Magic. 121-115. This is really... Uh, one of the other games from last night that was sort of close. I mean, uh, the Kings freaking lost to the Hornets. Uh, I'll say something about them in a second. But anyway, thoughts on on the Warriors? Well, this was a good game because it went down to the last few minutes as a close game. There was lots of them going on. But they needed lots of good efforts from different guys in the starting lineup. They sat Brandon Pajemski, who sat a couple games. Chris Paul is starting, you know, besides Steph Curry, against a giant team. So they needed their giants to do some things uh, just to get Curry to that fourth quarter where he finally had a good game. It's been a while since he, we've had a great Clay game, but Clay, or a great Curry game, I should say, but Clay was guarding Paolo Bancaro, just throwing that body around, and Trace Jackson Davis and Jonathan Kaminga starting in the four or five. Now, the Magic, they always. They can always offensive board. So they had more offensive boards than those two guys. But those two guys, big couple blocks, playing really hard. GP the second came out, played as well. We got hurt as well. Yeah, he's hurt again. Yeah. The other calf. Right calf for a month. Now the left calf is hurt. So they'll be making some trades potentially. But all those guys got Steph to the last few minutes where he did it all. Yep. He, he had some great shots there where he, he drove in uh, and, and scored. He slapped Jalen Suggs in the face by accident, I guess. But uh, uh, it was interesting to see um, him uh, being guarded by Jalen Suggs and just going off 10 points in the fourth quarter. That's all they really needed until the last couple minutes. And he got it done. Uh, and this is this is an interesting time because as the Warriors 
losing streak. Now they go play Denver, where they've lost five straight games to Denver on Thursday. So this is a this is a time where they've got to show they got to get things back mm-hmm. a, a little bit, a little bit. Um, they got lots going on. They got lots going on. Draymond Green hasn't been around the team at all, which is probably mm-hmm. good doing his thing. He hasn't been around them once since he was suspended, but he was at a LeBron party. Um, it, it, it's just, it's just, it, this is the time because of the way the Western Conference standings shake out. They got to win games. They're now in 11th spot after having a win because they're below 500. They just have to, they have to get some wins. And Steph Curry has to get a headband, I think. Uh, it's you, you just, Steph's been around forever, but more sweat happened. He went back <laughs> in the fourth quarter on a defensive possession and just took his jersey and wiped his forehead. Mm-hmm. And as that happened, and nothing bad happened to him, but it could if you start wiping your face uh, with your jersey, you could be you know blindsided. You could have your head. You could not be guarding the guy you're supposed to be guarding. So all I'm trying to say is you want to get him in the headband. Yeah, you want to play every single possession hard because this team is teeny tiny. I do like that they're starting Trace Jackson Davis over Kevon Looney, who had a bad game in this one. They're starting the young guys. They they are making the change. They're pull, they're pulling the plug a little bit on on the the veteran way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Not all the way. Not I think, all they're way. not trading no. Clay. They're not trading Steph, and I don't think they're trading Dre either. Uh, but this is, a, this is a tough time, and this was a tough win. But they did it, obviously. Yeah, Curry scored or set up 13 straight Warriors points in like a four-minute stretch in the fourth quarter. You said he kept like attacking and like having his little, you know, high finishes off the glass in traffic. So he drove to put Golden State up four. Then he hit a step-back three on the next possession to make it 104-97. Poor Goga didn't stand a chance. As soon as that matchup <laughs> happened, it was like got the cross uh, switch, and it was like, uh-oh. So he hit the three. And then Curry had two assists. Really nice play where... Because Clay is such a threat to obviously shoot from outside, there was some confusion with the magic, and he just cut back door. Curry, I thought, had a beautiful dime. You know, Suggs with his hands down. I mean, he's trying to defend Curry and worry about the shot. Great pass to Clay, easy basket inside, and then he threw ahead that pass to Kaminga, I guess it was, who dunked it home. It was like, I think it was Paolo that went in there. Clay sort of stood him up. So he was trying to take a charge almost. Anyway, Curry picked it up, threw it ahead, and. That, that gave them a big enough lead that they held on. But, you know, it's all Curry down the end. Yeah, I like the games for the Warriors when it's Steph and Clay carrying them home. And that's exactly what this was. They hit a couple of threes, five for seven from the field, 15 points in the fourth quarter. And like you're saying, it was just Steph orchestrating everything. Sorry to Gogo Pataza. He had a great game. Didn't yeah. miss a shot. But uh, I don't think he's locking down Steph no. out uh, on the perimeter. I think Kaminga's been pretty solid, actually, uh, especially since Draymond's suspension. I guess the Warriors are 6-4 and four now um, with Draymond missing time. And Kaminga has kind of, like, found his footing in the starting lineup since Draymond went out. The athleticism he gives them, uh, the defensive competitiveness, I think has up the level. He's been hitting the boards. I thought he was pretty good, uh, but he ain't no Franz Wagner. That guy is really good. 25 points last night, last night 10 for 19 from the field, six boards, three assists, two steals. Like you said, Clay was guarding Boncaro, was doing a pretty good job, made it tough on Paolo. Mm-hmm. He got hot there right in garbage time to really save his stat line, yeah. but I thought Wagner was kind of unstoppable going to the hole all night. Yeah, as the as the second biggest guy that could handle, yeah, the Warriors weren't able to guard him. But Kuminga has done a good job. I think the worrisome part was Kuminga sort of complaining about Minutes, well, he, you know, he was in a press conference where he said, I want to play more minutes. Uh, I would like to play more. And then he got inserted to the starting lineup. Maybe he's going to shoot too much, but he's not. He's playing hard, as you said. Two block shots in this game. He comes through so far uh, for mm-hmm. this Warriors team. And just to put a button on Steph, he leads the NBA in clutch points with 99 and minutes played in the clutch, almost 77. He's hit 16 three-pointers in the clutch, uh, shooting a cool 48.5% from deep. <laughs> again in clutch situations and uh he's missed one free throw 25 of 26 at the line so yeah he's not a bad closer to have on your team did you think that was a home alone reference I, when he was uh, laying at half court i guess that was at the end of the second quarter right when he yes. got fouled yeah. on the four point play yeah he's done that before i he feel has. like yeah but, yeah i always think that's what he's it doing felt home alone to me yeah. because of the season you know <laughs> sure <laughs> big shout out to our guy kevin <laughs> <laughs> thanks for watching uh other games let me just throw the three of them at you john morant dunked on Wembenyama. Sort of. Yes, I guess. Officially, yes, he uh, dunked on him. He'll have a better one on his 
on Victor Wembanyama at some point. I, in his I career. agree with that. Uh, as the Grizzlies pulled away from the Spurs, 106-98, uh, the Pelicans rolled wire to wire, lopsided victory over the Nets, and Terry Rozier scored 34. He returned from illness as the Hornets beat the Kings, 111-104, to snap an 11-game skid. <sighs> Sacramento, you just disappoint me, man. Every time I come on this show and I talk you up and I get behind you, you just turn around and lay a stinker. Sabonis, brutal, 11 turnovers. I mean, they just coughed the ball wow, over. Wow, they had 11 turnovers? Left and right. Oh, yeah, they had over 20 as a team. They didn't, didn't deserve to win. Much. But uh, any thoughts from any of those three games there? Yeah, watching the last four minutes of that Kings game where they thought they were going to win, but they gave it away sort of at the end. I was thinking, as we are talking about trades a little later, they going to be a buyer? Are they going to get bigger? Mm. It'd be nice if they got a little bit bigger on the court. Um, the, as far as the John Morant dunking on Victor Wembanyama, that was awesome because <laughs> Wembanyama was on his feet. He didn't jump at all. <laughs> yes, <laughs> true. And, and, and he had his hand up, and he sort of challenged John Morant's dunk because he's seven foot five, and his hand up is like ten feet. <laughs> but he didn't jump. Right. At all. No. If he jumps it, he blocks it, I think. But possibly, yeah. I mean, Josh sort of went half. around. Yeah, he yeah. packed him yeah. off the backboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Just, just do it. Uh, but it was cool to see Ja do that. And uh, do the pat afterwards. Like, yeah, I just dunked on a guy, so he pats his head. He did and look then, happy. And, and he looked happy, and Grizzlies <laughs> fans got to pat their heads immediately after. They're, they just copied him. But they are, they are 5-2 and two since Ja has come back. Um, the Victor Wembanyama one foot three point shot. Oh Jesus! Bank job. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that thing went. <laughs> yeah, hit double rim bank in. Yeah, I mean a one legged three pointer. Hilarious. I, yeah, I thought that was at the end of a shot clock, but it was I know like, there it was, was, like, it was, it was like ten. Yeah, yeah. exactly. What a no, he's like, I'm just gonna shoot this. Uh, that dunk that John Morant's saying on the head. That's too far. That's where I mean. That's yeah. not on his head. It's not. It's no. on his wrists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not as cool. But but I'm with you. He's going to have a better one and and good. And Weminyam is going to challenge him better and he's going to get him and he's going to get got and that's what we want. The crossover was sick. I thought the crossover was even smoother. Uh, Then he got a shout out to take over Terry. It was great. Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier. Kings could not get a stop. No. And Fox was rolling uh, until he finally had a little bit of a clutch problem. Uh, A bad turnover, and he actually missed the shot. It was weird to see. Yes, yes. Man. So uh, good on the Hornets, though, snapping that 11-game skid, which we just addressed on yesterday's podcast. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. All right, let's move to a little fill-in-the-blank fun here. Yeah, fill-in-the-blank, and it is uh, sort of, you know, trade talk-centric. So the first one, let's start with you here, Tess. Biggest player to be traded, you know, as we move towards the deadline, we're like, what, five, six weeks away, uh, will be blank. Biggest as in height? Ah, what a <laughs> stupid joke that was. Biggest player to be traded, it's going to be Zach Levine. Okay. I think the weird place that he may go would be the Miami Heat. What? That sounds very weird. But they almost went and got Damian Lillard in the offseason. season. Mm-hmm. Jimmy's 34. It's time to go for it, baby. He's getting a little bit older. I think they would need they, – they need some help scoring. They've got an incredible defense. Not a problem. Um, but I think it will be a little shocking, but I think they could give up. Here's my trade. It worked last night. Tyler Hero, <laughs> Caleb Martin. They already have Jaime Haikas. He's he's a new <laughs> Caleb Martin. Uh, Jovic, Nikola Jovic, yeah. and a 2027 first-round pick. That's enough That's for Zach bad. Levine. I mean, <laughs> I, and I think the interesting part is because there's going to be so many, um, so many sell- buyers, I should say, 
because there's just not a lot of bad teams. So I don't think there's going to be enough teams selling. So I just don't think they're, you're going to get as much as we've talked about before with every single guy that's gotten multiple draft picks. Mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, DeJounte Murray. Ain't going to happen. So Zach is going to be starting with Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Jaime Haikes, I think, and then whoever the fifth is, if it's Haywood Highsmith. I, I always think the Lakers, as I talked about last night, are going to go get Zach Levine, which definitely could happen. But do they have enough talent to go get him, to trade for him? I think the Heat may have a little bit more because um, the Lakers aren't offering a lot unless they want to offer Austin, um, which I don't think they will. But maybe. Maybe they would. Bro, I, I mean, it's it's an interesting trade, and it doesn't sound like a bad return for a team like the Bulls when it comes to Zach Levine, where he is obviously not playing, and like they're doing better without him. Uh, though he might return this Friday, is that what they're saying? Hey, he's yeah, practicing with the Windy City Bulls. Oh, uh, there right. you go, there you go. Uh, I was gonna say one issue though is like the Heat. I mean, they're they're good. They are. They're yeah, like they're nineteen good. and fourteen. <laughs> They've been missing guys. Like Butler was out for a while. Bam was out for a while. Hero was obviously out for a while to start. And they're, like, right here in the mix. And nobody wants to play them come playoff time uh, because of the Jimmy factor. So it's like – but all that said, you know, we know we know Riley will go big-name hunting. And if he sees it, he's going to take a stab at it possibly. But I don't know. Maybe they're just too good. If they were yeah. 14 and 19, absolutely I could see them doing something like that. But I don't know. Maybe they don't rock the boat here with all these guys contributing. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's basically the Damian Lillard package. And that didn't get it done, but – Levine is not on the level of Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Lakers are is more likely you think so? uh, for Levine because of the struggle factor. You know, yeah. they are 23rd, 24th in offense. I didn't check the standings uh, today to see where they're at particularly, but down at the bottom, and it's a lot because of three-point shooting. That's something that yep. Levine could help for. He obviously played college ball in L.A. He's a clutch guy, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And the fact that the Lakers are at 500, whereas the Heat, are exceeding expectations or at least getting back to the level that they were uh, the past couple of seasons. So, I don't know. Levine is definitely in the mix, but who's more likely, Siakam or Levine? Because every time I get on Twitter.com first thing in the morning, (laughs) trending, Siakam, Levine, DeJounte Murray. Every single day. Yeah. I don't know about DeJounte Murray. Uh, But who's more likely, Levine or Siakam? I would Mm -hmm. say Levine. Mainly because the Bulls have proven they're pretty good without him. Uh, or are doing just fine. What are they? Ten and seven, I think, now without him in the lineup. And uh, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you try and move for younger pieces or draft picks or another quality player that fits a bit better or shooters? Like I said, I mean, I know Zach Levine is a decent three point shooter, but uh, really needs the ball in his hands and stuff like that. I think Levine, I would have above Siakam and Dejounte Murray when it comes to likelihood of being mm-hmm. traded this deadline. Probably sure. so. Yeah. Who do you, do you have think? another name? Big name? Oh, I was just going to say, who is going to be the tallest player to be <laughs> traded? Oh, good mm. question. Height. Uh, uh, but, 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 could, could Robert Williams, could Time Lord be traded? Yeah, hurt, I wrote right? him down. He's always hurt Yeah. Uh, with the Blazers. So he probably can't get much for him. Capella? I got Jared Allen and Clint Capella, contenders for biggest height-wise <laughs> trader to be played, uh, traded. <laughs> what about... What about uh, Size-wise, what about Kenneth Lofton? Yeah, he just moved teams. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Unlikely. Not a trade, yeah. The biggest names traded last deadline, Mavericks traded Kyrie Irving. Big one. For him, excuse me, on February 6th. Uh, then the Suns traded for Durant a couple days later in a big four-team deal. Mm-hmm. And we also had the Lakers, Wolves, and Jazz swapping point cards in the Westbrook, Conley, D'Angelo Russell sort of, uh, you know, moving around there. So those are probably the biggest names I was just looking at last year's deadline as you built up to that. But we'll see if uh, Zach Levine or Siakam or something like that uh, is the big name this year. Let's go to the next one, though. Most surprising player to be traded will be blank. You start us off here. The player I'd be most surprised at is Donovan Mitchell. The Cavs have not met expectations yet. They're 18 and 15, eighth in the Eastern Conference. But you are seeing a little bit of... Mitchell Buzz, uh, you know, everybody assumes that he's going to go to one of the New York teams uh, when his time in Cleveland is done, but I don't see them cutting bait with him and forcing him to move on. I think they'd rather play it out and maybe try something different. The coach is probably the first thing that they changed, uh, to be quite honest, just because that's how it usually goes. But then, like I said, I think Jared Allen is probably in the mix. It just doesn't seem to make sense that you're going to be able to play two big guys and two small guards at all times. And that's how the Cavs are built right now. Maybe it makes a little bit more sense to swap Jared Allen out for some wings. I don't know. Obviously, there's some Nets trades that make sense for Donovan Mitchell. 
But I think that the players that the Cavs are going to want back, Mikhail Bridges in particular, that's why Donovan Mitchell would want to go to the Nets to play alongside that guy. So maybe some smaller trades between those teams make sense. But I don't think Mitchell will get traded, but I would not be surprised if it's Jared Allen. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they feel good enough from game to game. Like all this Donovan Mitchell stuff. Uh, conversation started because they didn't look all that good. They just seemed like they were going for it by trading so many draft picks for Donovan Mitchell, and it looked like they were worse than than last year's team. But I think even these injuries to Mobley and to Garland kind of helps them in a weird way because they are looking at the future and saying, okay, we're going to give this team one more shot at least when these guys get healthy. Uh, So I don't think they make the move. And watching them from game to game, they do look good, but sometimes they lose – uh, but at the same time, it's kind of an excuse. You don't have Garland. You don't have Mobley until the All-Star break. So you pull in the plug now on something that you gave up a billion draft picks for last year, and you had only one chance at it in the playoffs. I think it would be early to do that. That's why I don't think right. these other guys, like Allen, I don't, Jared Allen, I don't think will be the tallest guy traded. <laughs> I think they are going to keep him around. But but sometimes it doesn't make sense. In the playoffs, it, they were bad. <laughs> I mean, they were they couldn't score. Yeah, Period. it's it's not like Mitchell is like Siakam where he's coming up on free agency, right? I mean, he is under contract, uh, obviously this season and next season, and then there's a player option. So you're not like it's. Not, but you know, I guess you could flip that around and say that's the perfect time to trade him because a team is going to have him and some control, and maybe you're going to get a bigger package yeah. if you're going to go that way, and you're convinced that he ultimately wants to leave Cleveland, and it doesn't work, and so on. But uh, yeah, I'm a, I would be a little shocked. I think uh, if the Cavs moved off of Mitchell, maybe a little more likely Allen. But even then, I, I don't know if they'll do that. Um, do you have anyone else a surprising player? A surprising player, I, I would be very surprised if he got dealt. Dejounte Murray. With the Atlanta Hawks, because they're just bad right now. Uh, 13 19, they're sitting outside of the play in picture. And this is also a team that's gone for it. So you see what they, in Cleveland, they gave out for Donovan Mitchell. Atlanta's the similar sort of package uh, for DeJounte Murray in that they gave up multiple draft picks. They don't look good. And what I said earlier about buyers, sellers didn't really make sense, actually. I go back. There's a lot of buyers. So maybe like we just talked about with Donovan Mitchell, maybe the packages will be pretty large for this, I think, smaller amount of guys available, but the buyers will say, okay, all right, we got to do this. And maybe the Lakers say, all right, we're getting DeJounte Murray because he would fit really damn well. Yeah, DeJounte's been linked to the Lakers. He's sort of always linked to the Knicks, uh, even though they made the OG move. The Warriors' names always come up with a player like him. The Jazz I've seen recently that would be taking a different direction, you know, pairing him, I guess, with, you know, Keontae George and stuff like that. DeJounte Murray. What about Trey Young? Is that even more surprising? Mm-hmm. That would be more surprising. Definitely, yeah. if they yeah. decided that. Uh, do you think the Hawks should move? Let's not let's say not Trey Young, but or, or maybe you want to, but one of the guys should move. Have Murray you seen should a, go. Have you seen enough yes. that this does not Absolutely. Work? Yeah. Uh I think DeJounte Murray was overrated coming to the Hawks. Right. And I think that it's kind of played out uh, the way a lot of people anticipated, him and Trey Young just don't make each other better. Trey Young is better with the ball. So DeJounte Murray is not a great off-ball player. He's fine at it. He's shooting, I think, 38% from three, which is fine, but he's not a scary outside shooter, and his best looks are with the ball in his hand. Yeah. So I think it just it doesn't seem to make much sense. It hasn't improved the Hawks' defense the way people thought it would. Uh, they've gone the other way, <laughs> um, which is kind of surprising. So I think the fact that he's 27 years old right now, in the middle of his prime, he's signed until 2028 after doing an extension with the yeah. Hawks that still doesn't cook, kick in until next season. It's probably better to trade him now uh, than he plays another couple of years, and maybe that hurts his value even more so. Yeah, yeah when the Spurs gave up their number one guy in DeJounte Murray – I was confused. This guy is obviously very good, a talented guy, but he also needs the ball in his hands. And so the Spurs wanted to play something different. And I understand Trey Young needs the ball in his hands, and it doesn't always work. But uh, the weird thing is the defensive side, how bad they are defensively, yeah. because the offense is, is still working. He's got 20 points, five assists, four and a half boards, shoots well from three at 38%. Uh, but maybe they're going to pull the plug. They gave John Collins away, essentially. The DeAndre Too late. 
Way but, too late. Yeah, they could have got more In if they went early. Yeah, they yeah. should have. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, not working with a long-term deal. So it's just like, you know, brick by brick, brick by brick. It's just, what are you building here? Mm-hmm. Uh, it ain't going well. Landry Fields t- took over the front office. Let's do this thing. Landry Fields and Kyle Corver, let's make it happen. Tear it up. Um, and go to the Lakers. This deal works. Gabe Vincent, Torian Prince, former Hawk, Christian Wood, and 2029 first round pick. I know, not all that sexy. It's not sexy. Um, (laughs) I hope we could do better than that. Yeah, well, maybe. I don't know. I think think when you tear it down, we're talking about tearing it down, it's all about picks. You're tearing it down, you're getting rid of Trey Young. Trey, Trey Young. And get a real return. And really... Start building your team around potential draft picks and Jalen Johnson and stuff like that. But that because you're saying tear it down, you're just taking the the, the top floor off with Dejounte Murray. Yeah. You're you're keeping the base, you're keeping the concrete. I want, I want that foundation. I want that Trey foundation. <laughs> Trey is the foundation. But I want to bring the Bobcat in <laughs> and, and take the whole damn thing down. I'm serious. I'm, you want to change ju- the name to the Charlotte? No, Bobcats? no. I, I'm, oh. I'm I'm a tiny bit serious though that they should explore trading Trey. I, I am. Uh, I don't think it's going to yeah, happen this it. deadline, but I don't think you're that far from it. In terms, like I don't know, it's they're they're it's proving to be difficult for them to build a team around him. <laughs> they I don't have know. Not I think fire the coach. Okay, well Jesus, we've done, they've done that before. <laughs> that works usually yeah, for them once. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, let's move on to uh, talking about teams that should be buyers and sellers here, and we'll start with the buyers. A team that should be a buyer at the trade deadline is blank. I feel like we talked about OKC too much, but I think they should trade for Markkanen. Uh, I'll just leave that there. Okay. I, I think they should do it. Um, you saw the you saw the Celtics use Luke Cornett and Kristaps Porzingis effectively last night. They took away the driving lanes uh, from the Thunder. I think he would be Markkanen would be an awesome a fit next to Chet. I think they would play similar styles to OKC already plays, and that Utah already plays five out and everybody can drive. That would be an awesome fit, and they've got. So many picks and players that they could easily do it. Yeah, and I think that's – I'm with you. I know that there's all this talk. Let them play once in the playoffs before you go get a superstar. He's, but, the, he's not a superstar. Exactly. That's, a, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. I, I don't trade for a superstar. I totally agree. But a star that would fit in, yeah. Larry Markinen is a star, and he can shoot from everywhere, and he can play defense. He's a damn good player if Utah wants to do it. Because he's, he's damn good. Yeah, so, it's probably not a Utah move. No. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah make a trade. It's okay. Fine. But who else do you have? It sounds like you I have I think the else. Kings. Yeah. I think they actually really need to make a move. They just seem a tier behind Denver, certainly. And then I think they're probably behind uh, the Timberwolves and the Thunder. In the pecking order, the offense isn't what it was last year. Kevin Herter got benched last night. Harrison Barnes has definitely taken a step back here. The defense has improved. I think they're, like, in the middle of the pack right now, 17th, rather than bottom five, which is good. But they just don't seem to have the catch-you-by-surprise factor they had last year. And you know what you're getting, uh, I feel like, with the Kings. So they could definitely be a team that could improve either at the Herder spot or at the Barnes spot. I mean, they've got, like, Davion Mitchell. He's out of the rotation. I don't think he's that great of a player, but maybe somebody's interested. You toss in a pick as well, and then you're cooking. Yeah. I mean, they've been linked to Lowry Markinen. They've been linked to Pascal Siakam. They've been linked to Levine, at times a bit. To, to Levine for sure. Yeah, he said he would gladly play in Sacramento. I think he was uh, maybe told a reporter. Um, Kyle Kuzma. There was like you know some some talk of that uh, back in the day too. The idea though, more like probably a bigger a, a power forward, somebody to go alongside yeah. Sabonis. But they just don't have a lot of like super enticing assets to like, cause like they're in the spot where they're a good team, like you said, but they're trying to get to a great team. They need another player. So you can't send out like, obviously you're not getting rid of Sabonis or Fox. Teams are going to want Keegan Murray. I don't think they should do that. They probably want like a Malik Monk if in some sort of trade, like they're going to be like, the Kings are like, Hey, here's Harrison Barnes. And people are going to be like, cool. You, you um, tried to get me him last year. Yeah, we don't want him, thanks. So I, I think they will might struggle though to put yeah. together an enticing package to get a big name, some of the names that we're mentioning. But I'm with you. They should, if they can. They can fleece a team, do it. Yeah, and you got to go big body. I think it, the most important thing is, is to have a tall guy. Um, a tall, extremely talented guy uh, to help out defense, to help out on the boards. Well, what about a like, Capella then? I mean, it's like not a star name, but like, would he help a – a need for the Kings in terms of rebounding, a little defense, yeah. size? I think so. I think so. It's a little more attainable, too. And attainable. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I mean, is there another off. one? No. I was, 
they definitely want to make a move because they've got they're they're and Mike Brown is just inserting taking out yeah. guys from the rotation. Kevin Herter, you're on the bench now. What? Kevin Herter coming off the bench. You mentioned um, Davion Mitchell. He was hurt, so Keon Ellis was taking his minutes. Now he's sort of back, but Keon Ellis, I think, can play those minutes. Uh, and it goes on and on and on. Barnes also coming off the bench at times or not playing fourth quarter. So I think it is time. Why have this many guys when you know De'Aaron Fox is damn good? And you know DeMontis Sabonis, when he doesn't have 10 turnovers, is damn good. So so move it. I think so. Do you have any other teams that should be buyers? I think Dallas should be a buyer as well. Because they start Luka and Kyrie in the backcourt, and they got Dante Exum beside them. So the, those two guards, you know that your defense ain't going to be all that good. No. Uh, they've got a big man problem. They can't rebound at all that well with Grant Williams and Derek Lively in their front court. They're one of the teams allowing the most offensive rebounds in the game as well. And so you, they have to get big as well. How about a Clint Capella? <laughs> yeah. Can I interest you in a Clint Capella? Who was also rumored to be going yeah, to the Dallas Mavericks sure. last year, and then they went and drafted pretty damn well with Derek Lively. Uh, it ended up pretty well, but you got to get a little older and a little a little bigger to make Luca happy. Uh yeah, I don't have a good name other than Clint Capella because Clint Capella ain't all that sexy no, right now no. at his age. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, all right, well, then final one. Let's flip this on its head. Uh, who's a team that should be a seller at the trade deadline? I think the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, that makes some sense. Yeah. Oh, Trey, you're agreeing. You gave him oh, a little, yeah. little yeah, finger yeah, yeah. gun from oh, Trey yeah. off camera mm-hmm. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, because there aren't that many horrible teams. And I think that helps this team jump in because right. most have a hope that they, they can get into the plan. Basically, all teams in the in the West, the Spurs are the only team that's bad. You know, they've been trying a lot of things. And then in the other conference, yeah, there's Charlotte, there's yeah. Washington, there's Detroit. But if you aren't one of those, this is time to sneak in and get some value for a vet, I, I do think. And the Blazers got a lot of those vets. Mm-hmm. When you start looking at them, Jeremy Grant, mm-hmm. who signed his five-year for a $160 million deal, maybe it's time to cash in. Malcolm Brogdon at 31. He's got he's 31 years old, not $31 million. $22 million this year and next year. What are we doing here? Just let Shaden and Scoot go. And silence, uh, yeah. And let them play in silence. Is that what you said? Silence. Oh, silence. <laughs> I thought you said let them go in silence. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I'm with you. And you agree let with them, the Blazers being a seller? They should let be. them go in silence. <laughs> let them go. Uh, yeah, I think Brogdon's got – like. He's there to be traded. Uh, I think Jeremy Grant, it seemed like he was signed to the big contract because they were going to keep Damian Lillard around. In reality, it's probably a trade asset as well. So, yeah, I could see them definitely making a move, especially since you've seen a little action from Scoot Henderson uh, recently. So I think that's exciting for Blazers fans. I also think another team that's got to be in the mix is the Houston Rockets. Early season, surprise, certainly. They've been a lot better than I thought they would. But... They're probably the 11th best team of the 11 teams that are really contending uh, mm-hmm. in the Western Conference for these playoff spots. Teams like the Rock, uh, the Suns, the Warriors, Lakers. the Lakers are all going to be looking to yeah. beef up and pass them in the standings. So it might be smart here for the Rockets to like have taken a step forward in their rebuild, bringing in a professional coach uh, and just looking a lot better and looking more cohesive. Jeff Green could help a team that's uh, – I mean, he helped the Nuggets last year in the playoffs yeah. – there's still, like, eight teams probably he hasn't played for, so I hope it's one of those. Jock Landale. Remember Jock Landale? You saw him with the Suns last year. He signed a huge contract. It's got, like, zero guarantees on it. Maybe he helps somebody uh, as a backup big off the bench. And then I'm kind of curious if they would explore trading Jalen Green pretty early in his career, but he hasn't established himself, and he seems to have been passed in the pecking order uh, by a few of these other recent draft picks from the Rockets to the point where I'm like, I don't know how long he's going to be able to stay there and have a long-term role. So maybe trading him now is a good way to get some assets back. I like Jalen. I like Jalen. I'd keep him. But he I just got benched, I think. <laughs> yeah, at times. Um, but I think you make a good point about how deep they are. And I have real faith in that the top of their team is good. So why have all these guys? Why have all of them? Why have all of these guys that – are really just chip-in players. I, I, I have faith in, in their team. 
Also, a note, we talk about all these big guys that are attainable. Why not go get a big guy? We mentioned Robert Williams for the mm-hmm. Portland Trailblazers. That's another guy. It's attainable. Yeah. It's just unfortunate I'm, he can't play. Not for the season. Yeah. Is it, is it the season? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know he hasn't played in two months. That's a long time. I don't think he's Oh, so to you come don't trade yeah. for him. Uh, <laughs> next year. Yeah. Next year. He's signed ahead. for a couple more years. That's the weird thing about this yeah. Blazers team is that they have Aiton uh, and they have Robert Williams. They have guys that probably aren't going to play forever. I'll add one more team that should be a seller because uh, they're shit, even though they won last night. Uh, the Hornets. Buzz City should be aggressively shopping everyone on their roster. Not named LaMelo Ball, Brandon Miller, or Mark Williams. I guess you could talk me into keeping P.J. Washington and Cody Martin, too. You know, they're both solid players. They're on affordable and controlled contracts. But even then, I think you're taking calls on those guys. Uh, Two main guys, Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward. They should be moved for sort of any and all assets they can get. Especially, like, Scary Terry, man. I mean, we just said, you know, he had this awesome game uh, against the Kings last night. He averaged 21 points per game last year, and he's up to, like, 24 points per game this year. Better percentages. He makes about $25 million a year. He's got two years left on his deal. He's not even 30 yet. Terry Rozier has some playoff experience. It's been a while, but played in, like, nine or ten series when he was with the Celtics back in the day. So he's got some reps. Um, I think he could really help a team that's, like, uh, either because of injury or just short on guard play. And I think he could be got from the Hornets and should be available. And then Hayward, look, he's fairly washed. He's only going to play half a season. That's sort of his thing. (laughs) But he's in the final year of his four-year $120 million contract. So it's a low risk, I think, Mm. uh, sort of long-term. You know, you bring him in. He's a vet guy. He's always good for like a 25-5 and game every three weeks. So you can see him helping in a... (laughs) In a playoff series, in the right matchup. Uh, so I think either of those guys, the Hornets, should be looking to move if you can get anything for them. I think they're all available. I think so, too. Yep. Yeah. 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 And Terry's Maybe even awesome. Mark. Oh, no. Maybe no, Mark. Maybe not. Mark's got a back problem right now. Let's let Mark <laughs> get back in All right. That's who we got there. Uh, let's hear from everybody out there. Buyers and sellers at the trade deadline. Biggest names to be traded, both in terms of their status and their size. And uh, <laughs> what else did we ask? Oh, surprising players. We'll be talking a lot about trades, obviously, in the next couple of weeks. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Okay, before we wrap this up, uh, Tweet of the Night fun. Mmm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. We have two. It was that fun. First one, Celtics legends Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Coach Doc Rivers. They were chatting about a night when Matt Bonner was going off on them. (laughs) KG was pissed, so let's have a listen. Yeah, who got Bonner? <laughs> we were there to stop, you know. For sure, he was on the, the road. The 2-4 pick and roll, the 3-4 pick and roll was the most famous because he popped, right? Yeah. I didn't have a rotator. <laughs> we were trapping Ginobili. I got no rotator. Red head with him. <laughs> that was the game plan, right? It was. So we had halftime and Bonnie's rolling, right? He's rolling. He's rolling. I'm He's like, rolling. God, he never had 20 and a half this time. So, But Ginobili is under control. I'm the guy we're trying to control. I told Sam, I said, I'm, I'm going to talk about Bonner. It's going to piss Kevin off. Who got Bonner? He lost his mind. 
So I was like, okay, bottom on foot. And then he was like, Kevin, we're here to stop Ginobili. It ain't about bottom. Remember that? Oh, yeah. We're here to stop Ginobili and beat oh the Spurs. Get out of your field. Oh, I was going to say it, didn't say it. Don't say that. He'll go nuts. Listen, we're going to have to send some help on bottom. <laughs> okay, Doc, that's what I'm saying. It was all good. I'm, yeah. I'm glad we can laugh about that, but yeah, we thought you'd bottom next time. Bottom, you in, if you in any place hooping, I see you this shit. Boy, you know what I'm Oh, so good. Yeah, Kevin Garnett, very mad. I <laughs> I wonder, he said Bonner hadn't scored 20 and a half to that point. Did he have the stat sheet that Matt Bonner never had 20? I like that. I like the fact that he's that respectful of Matthew <laughs> Bonner. And I like watching the highlights of Matt Bonner hit those little push floaters yeah, in yeah. the lane. You don't see those too often. Uh, so shout out to Christian Winfield for sending that. Such a good clip. It's it's a good clip of those guys just basically it's Doc talking about Sam. He's talking about his assistant coach was named Sam at this at that point who wanted to just not piss off Kevin Garnett. Well, Doc yeah. said, "Come on, we got a guard of Bonner." And Sam said, "Nah, don't do that." What do you think is Matt Bonner's career high? Yeah, just I was looking. Oh, okay, fantastic. Yeah, I guess thirty would be too high. Thirty would be too high. So 26 or 28 got to 28. Um, uh, he did it against the Jazz in uh, <laughs> 2009. It looks like. So how much did he score against the Celtics? This is yeah, a regular season like game checked. that Kevin Garnett is mad about. Oh, it's so funny. He had a 23 point game against the Celtics. Yeah, That's that what one. it's got to be. I think it's that one. Yeah. yeah, he had 16 points in the first half. Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Only three threes. How did Ginobili do? They kept him in check? Well, let me, <laughs> that, let me that's see. my favorite part. It's like the game plan. We got to take care of Ginobili. Okay, Garnett's like, yeah, that's what we're doing. But, of course, it Wait just kept running uh, Bonner wide open. Man, and Ginobili had 19 points on 6 of 11 shooting. Three assists to four turnovers, though. Okay, great job. So they were all over those passes. Oh, they did pretty well. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so, but, man, it's tough. Kevin Garnett's going to fight Matt Bonner the next time. Yeah. He's like, basically <laughs> because Doc Rivers said, leave him open. That sucks. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm just doing my job. It's your fault. You should fight Doc Rivers. And maybe he's talking about Sam Cassell. It's possible. Because he played yeah. there. 08, 09. It could be his, who he's talking about. Yeah. yeah. The game plan, the defensive game plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of a coach on the floor. He was yeah. at the end of his career. That was the last season of his career. Uh, second one here. The Clippers were partying, took a little glam shot, a photo of them chilling on New Year's Eve. This is everybody. This is everybody. You got Daniel Tice. Well, it's not everybody. Kawhi Leonard, Ivica Zubats, Mason Plumlee, Patrick Patterson is back, uh, Norman Powell. <laughs> Who's missing? James Harden, Russell Westbrook. Oh, those guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, Cisco in this photo. It's like, unleash the dragon here. Terrence Mann is in it. Um, yeah. Unleash it. Unleash it. Uh, Patrick so, Patterson was crazy to me. Yeah. <laughs> I have yeah. seen that guy forever. Yeah. Yeah, where is he coming from? So I guess, I guess this was some sort of party for New Year's Eve. Pat Pat got invited because yeah. everybody else is a Los Angeles Clipper. And Yavitsa Zubats put it on his Instagram story. Uh, shout out to the Athletics Law Murray for, for letting us know. Zoo posted a whole vibe check on the gram, as Law said. I always That's wonder glam- about photos I like, like the this. The lighting, it looks good to yeah, me. It does, look, it does cool. look cool. It does look cool. I always wonder about these type of pics. Like, did Zoo go around and be like, all right, guys, we're doing a group photo. All right, all right we're doing a group photo. Come on over here. Like yeah, yeah. I I, I mean, it's a photo. So <laughs> funny to me. It's like you got to wrangle them all together to take a photo. It's a lot of people. <laughs> How else are you gonna do it? I know. So everybody takes a group of pictures. The question to me is, but did who? they do a silly one? Yeah. You know, you get a group of photos. They're like, let's take a cool one. All right, now everybody make a funny face. I guess so. Yeah. Well, maybe Harden took the picture. Yeah, maybe. You guys get in. I'll take it. And maybe Westbrook was holding a light or something. <laughs> yeah, they probably need it backlit um, because of cool uh, the redness in there. Looks like uh, the weekend's Super Bowl performance. Yeah, <laughs> I get trapped in there. Maybe Westbrook and That's Harden are call. trapped. They don't know where they're going. Yeah, All right. Harden had a party to go to. Westbrook had a party to go to. I'm sure they did. Dueling parties, huh? 
Westbrook maybe stayed at home. Well, we don't know. Yeah. He's got a family. Harden, Harden, we know where he was. <laughs> Harden was out. Westbrook, yeah. I, I would guess, was maybe at home, yeah, yeah <laughs> with the kids. <laughs> All right, great stuff. Two tweets for the price of one. Let's call it there. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Again, uh, let's hear all of your answers when it came to fill in the blank, talking about the trade rumors and trade talk. Let us know in the YouTube comments. Uh, hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating and review. The drop this Friday. Five Star Friday. Get those reviews in, and you might make the show. Uh, unless TK's already got his five. No, certainly no. not. Oh, no, there's an you, opening or two. You have until Thursday night and maybe Friday morning. Wow. To get them in. All right. <laughs> I don't know when they roll over. I can't tell. Oh, wait. oh like, like when they get approved because that doesn't seem instantaneous yeah to me. yeah i'm not sure there i'm not sure but anyway we appreciate everyone that's uh left us a five-star rating review if you haven't please do so we'll be back here tomorrow which is uh thursday yeah that's right man it's, it's a weird week you know yeah for it's sure though i will say i love the first being on monday I've talked about this before. I do like that. It's cool. One, two, three, you know, just move along. <laughs> move along. There's a calendar, you know, you know what's up. Exactly. Exactly. All right, so we'll see you tomorrow here at 10 a.m. Eastern. Monday is one day. That's right. Tuesday is two day. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it works and up uh, until Wednesday. <laughs> All right, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, it was fun watching the NBA last night because during the Grizzlies broadcast, come back from a commercial, and they're showing two people that the broadcasters got to talk about. It was Raptors guard Garrett Temple, the old vet sitting in the crowd because the Raptors play the Grizzlies tonight (laughs) on Wednesday. It's going to be a fun night watching tonight. Garrett Temple, vice president of the NBPA for seven years. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that guy can wear a suit. It's almost two terms. He looks good in a suit. <laughs> yeah, he's really respected. People love him. Yeah. And then the, the director said, oh, let's go to him. Let's go to him. <laughs> let's shoot him. That's how much people love Garrett Temple, former Grizzly, obviously. Uh, my New Year's resolution is to stay in better shape because mm-hmm. my body is my Garrett Temple. <laughs> Grace today, people. <laughs> <laughs>